0: All right, if you have a Bible near you, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, if you open it up, we're going to start a new series. There's a QR code in the chair in front of you. If you're in this room, online hosts will direct you online on how you can get a hold of the message notes. It'd be super helpful if you want to pull open the message notes and kind of follow along that way. We're starting a three-week series I've entitled, Guard Your... Heart, And it's been a burden that's been growing upon me for several weeks, and it comes out of this text in Proverbs 4. Kim did a great job giving us a visual of Proverbs 4, 23, because it's really an amazing sentence from Solomon when you look at it. Some of your translations may translate it, guard your heart, or others may watch over your heart, and above all else is how the NIV, above all else. And then it says, listen to this phrase, for it determines the course of your life. Boy, that tells me, I got to get this right. Of all the things I need to get straight in life, like if this determines the course of my life, I want to get this guarding, this watching over, this reigning over, this rule. I got to get this right. So, watch over your heart for above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And maybe you've heard the phrase in your work setting or maybe you're even in church circles or just in other, in your sports arenas, those of you in locker rooms and that you were, they talk about controlling the controllables. Ever heard that phrase? You know, just got to control everything in 2020 feels like it's been thrust out of our hands. So, just control what you could Control. Well, I think the Bible outlines like being a human, a big part of being a human is learning to control, to have dominion over, to govern, to reign and rule over the domains, over the kingdoms of our lives, small K. Like I think all of us at some measure, part of our imago Dei, that's a Latin phrase, we're being made in the image of God, we're stamped with the imago Dei. Part of being stamped with the imago Dei is in a bit, we're inherently control freaks. Now, some of you like more extreme on the control freak temperament, family of origin stuff, get it. But I think at its core, we're all kind of control freaks because God put it in the human heart, the human being, like the fabric of who we are, Is to rule and reign and have dominion. You remember in Genesis 1 when he created Adam and Eve, and then he said, Now rule and subdue the earth. And then at the end of Revelation, it talks about our eternity will be reigning and ruling with him. So reigning and ruling and having dominion and having control over our kingdoms is part of a fabric of being a person. Now, when you think of kingdom, think of like the range of your effective will. That's how I put it in your notes. So parents, you know, like kids at an early age, they have, they learn about their own little kingdom. Your kingdom is where what you say goes, that little domain where what you say goes. And when you're younger, your kingdom's fairly small, your toy room, your toy box, maybe your bedroom. I remember my brother and I growing up, you know, we had the back seat of the car and we felt like I had the left-hand side of the back seat was my little kingdom. My brother Brad, the right-hand side of the back seat was his little kingdom, you right? We had that, hey, you have this imaginary line, don't cross over into my kingdom, right? And then dad in the driver's seat, he would, huh? You with me? He took his hand back. Guess what dad's kingdom is? It's bigger than the back seat, right? Dad was running the car. He could decide, we're going to get to point A to B. So, as you get older, your kingdom tends to grow and expand. So, part of your kingdom is your home, your workplace, your physical body, your finances. They're a part of your kingdom, part of your domain. They're part of what we're given charge to watch over, to govern. You're a governor and a governess over the kingdoms of your life. And Proverbs 4 says, but there's one kingdom above all the other kingdoms that we are put in charge of to govern and to watch over and to guard, and that's the kingdom of your heart like of all the kingdoms that we're going to be control freaks about, we better be control freaks about this kingdom, is what Proverbs is saying. And I put in your notes of Dallas Willard how he describes heart. Listen to this. The human heart, will, or spirit is the executive center of a human life. The heart is where decisions and choices are made for the whole person. Hear this. Those with a well-kept heart are persons who are prepared for and capable of responding to the situations of life in ways that are good and right. So, church, you want to know, like, what we're doing as a church? Like, we're trying through our formation process, through our discipleship, through our children's ministry, through our student ministry, through our life group ministry, through our classes, we're trying to do that last sentence that Dallas is just talking about. We want to Help, empower, equip with the power of the Holy Spirit to get well-ordered, well-trained hearts that respond to the circumstances in ways that are good and right. Man, parents, if you need a grid for like evaluating like how to navigate parenting, it's this, help your kids learn to watch over their hearts like that because it's the executive center of their whole life. Shakespeare said what? I put in your notes, every man's heart a kingdom is. Every man's heart a kingdom is. And I don't know about you, maybe your, maybe your kitchen counter looks like our kitchen counter these days. Like, we're just a potpourri of masks, right? Maybe it's your car. I've got this section of my car where it's like this whole wad. Of, I've been on like a, I've been in like a control freak about finding the world's best, most effective mask. Like, you know, because we're spending so many hours in them. And so, I've been researching and talking and ordering and like Kendra says, like every other day, there's like a box that arrives at the house with a new mask in it. And so, I even found, like, I was burdened about the girl of the girls have, this is J-Lo's mask. So, Jennifer Lopez posted, she's like, this is the world's best mask. I, oh, I ordered it. I said, girls, maybe this is like, this is going to be your mask for school, right? Not so much, right? <laughs> but the point, right, we just got all these masks, right? Thank you so much. Susan Roseboom made this mask for me. Susan's so skilled with her sewing and the, all these masks, all these different kinds. It, it got me thinking about this as diligently and passionately, in a focused way, in a vigilant way. You know, some translations of Proverbs 4 say, with all vigilance, watch over your heart. With all diligence, watch over your heart. Here's what I've been asking myself. What would it look like? What would my life look like if I spent as much time and effort, and intentionality, and energy around guarding my heart as I am around guarding my physical body from COVID-19. What would it look like? Can you imagine what our world would look like if we spent the amount of energy, and effort, and focus, and diligence From masks to social distancing to stop the spread and flatten the curve and all the things that were important and necessary. We want to do a good job of battling this virus. But it got me thinking about, above all else, I ought to be watching over my heart with an even greater degree than this. Than social distancing, than sanitizing. I started thinking about, like, what would it look like if I didn't just do a daily scan Like, kids, you have to do, like, a daily scan to go to school. Like, being part of the cults organization these days, I have this app, and there's a daily scan I have to fill out to go and be a part of whatever team activity. I started to ask, what if it's not just a daily scan of my physical body, which you answer all the questions, right? Do you have a fever? you been sick and fatigue, all this stuff. And then at the end, no, and it says, okay, you're good to go. What if I had, like, a daily scan of my heart? What if it wasn't just a temperature check to enter into a certain building or activity? What if I did a temperature check of my heart? Or this morning I was doing chapel with the guys down at the Colts Complex. When I walked in the facility, I now have a contact tracing microchip that I wear around me. And it's flashing all the time. And it tells me like it flashes blue when I'm doing well meaning I'm appropriately distanced from other people with their chips and I'm in the right areas. It starts flashing red when I'm in the wrong space around the wrong people at the wrong time. I thought, wow, what if we had contact tracing for our hearts that way? Wouldn't that be something? What if it traced, what if I could trace like in my heart, ooh, I'm kind of in the wrong crowd around the wrong people for the wrong time, ooh, like flashing, what if, what if the amount of time and effort we're spending at the sink with soap and water, trying to figure out all the creative ways to count to 20, the happy birthday song and every other, whatever you're doing, to like, what if we had that kind of diligence of washing our hearts, of cleansing what's in here? What if the same diligence we apply to make sure, oh, I don't want to be around that crowd and be exposed, like we protect our face this way, what if we kind of had like, over our hearts, being really diligent with like, what, what, what are we going to allow in here? I, I can't imagine what, what our world would look like, what, what I would look like, what our family, what our church, what our community, what our teams, what our locker rooms, what your classrooms, kids, what would it look like if we took that level of vigilance, of diligence to guard our heart? Because wow, wow. Would you agree with me? There's no lack of barrage coming at it in 2020. And so, Jesus applies now Proverbs 4 in John 14. So, John 14, 27 is Jesus' application of Proverbs 4:23, And here's what it says. And we're going to specifically deal with the subject of fear, how we guard our heart. So, this whole series, we're going to talk about guarding our heart from fear this week, hate next week, and despair two weeks from now. And say, well, how how do we guard our hearts from those things that seem to be so pervasive in our atmosphere these days? Here's what Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Here's the key sentence, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Is anybody else struck by that sentence? That's an amazing sentence from Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. What does that tell you? about what he believes about you and I as a person. We have the power, the capacity, the ability, the authority. We have the, we have the capability to not allow our hearts. The word troubled there is the Greek word and it, it means to be agitated. It means to be disturbed inwardly. It means to be kind of all twisted up in here. It allows you to not allow your heart to get so emotionally twisted up that it's all stirred up in here. Jesus said, You don't have to to live like that. And do not be afraid. 119 times in the Bible, God says, don't be afraid. That tells me, wow, we're going to battle this issue of fear. And I want you to hear this clearly. This doesn't mean we won't experience the emotion of fear. Hear this. Part of being a human in a fallen world with the circumstances we're thrust into, we will experience fear. But the difference is, Jesus said, there's a way you can build your life with his help, that fear is an emotion you experience, but you don't have to let it into your heart. You don't have to build your life on it. You don't have to form an agreement with it. It doesn't have to become the foundation upon which you make decisions about your future. You see, that's a difference. You experience the emotion of fear, the feeling of fear, without caving in and allowing it to become Tarasso in your life. To allow your heart to get all wound up and troubled to the degree that you're just all twisted up on the inside. You don't have to live that way. And Jesus says, that's a kingdom that you and I have authority and charge over. That's the range of our effective will. And it reminded me a year ago of a scene where I felt like I had like a front row seat to like fear You remember a year ago when Lily, our oldest, was heading off to college, and we said at the end of her senior year at high school, wanted to do something really cool and fun together, and like a big, holy, crazy, courageous thing that dad and daughter are going to do together before she goes off to college. You remember what she picked? Here's what she picked, right? She picked skydiving. Remember that? Jumping out of a perfectly good airplane from 13,000 feet, that's what she picked, And I said, I would do it with her. And so there we are jumping out of this plane, and Lily's killing it. Look at her with her thumbs up. And so you free fall for 60 seconds, 127 miles an hour. Crazy. She was was killing it. No, make no mistake about it. She was feeling fear just like I was. I mean, we were both really scared as the plane kept climbing. It was the longest 10 minutes up to 13,000 feet. And when they slid that door open, we were really scared at that point, you know. But Lily just kind of pressed through the fear, and she displayed courage. She's the picture of what Jesus is getting at. You might experience the emotion of fear, but she's not letting fear into her heart. It's not Tarasso with her. Tracking with me? Now, here's my experience. (laughs) That's Tarasso. And someone asked me before service, was I like, like hamming it up for the camera? A hundred percent no. I didn't know he was snapping a picture right there. My little cameraman Luigi's hanging on the side of the plane and I'm totally distracted with the fact that the door of the plane is wide open and I'm 13,000 feet in the air and I'm standing at the gate and Luigi's hanging on the plane and the guy behind me says, stick your feet out the door. That's what he said. And that was how I reacted. And he snapped the picture. And it was seven minutes from the time I jumped out the door, actually, they thrust me out the door, till I hit the ground. In church, I'm not exaggerating by saying it was seven minutes where I was completely convinced I was gonna meet Jesus face to face. I was completely convinced I was gonna die. And I thought I was gonna die, it was sheer terror. Like, you're going to, part of living in this world is, it's going to be a free fall from 13,000 feet. We're all going to have circumstances. The Coley family, they're free falling from 13,000 feet. The Cross family, free falling from 13,000. Like, that life is going to come, life is hard, it's complicated, And your heart just get there's this barrage of things coming at your heart. And Jesus says, You gotta pay attention to what you're letting in to your heart. You can experience the emotion of fear, but hear this: you don't have to let it in and allow it to dominate and direct your life. That we're responsible as kingdoms over our heart of what we let in or not. And I'm really challenged by that. And what Thomas Akempis, I put this quote in your notes there. The Kempis wrote a great book many years ago, The Imitation of Christ. In that book, he says, The enemy is far more easily resisted when he is at the door of your heart. Ooh. You see that? So it's more when he's at the door of your heart, meaning you don't just don't want to let fear just welcome, come on in, feed fear, let it settle down at your kitchen table, let it recline in your living room. You don't, you don't just welcome it, you don't just kind of feed into it. You don't fuel it. You don't just settle down with it. No, that's not how you do it. Jesus says, don't. Don't watch over your heart in a way where you, at the door, fear. It doesn't mean fear is not going to be banging on the door. It just means when it's banging on the door, do battle with it there. You say, fear, I see you. Speculation, I see you. Uncertainty, I see you. And you cannot have your way with my heart today, in Jesus' name. Church, do you believe we can actually live this way? Jesus does. He believes you can live in such a way that internally, even in 2020, how about that? Do you think Jesus would actually say in 2020, we could, He could live with, don't let your hearts be troubled? Really, Jesus? Have you seen what's going on this year? Yep. All, I feel like what 's been rampaging against the human heart doesn 't it feel like somewhere around March, I think in the spiritual realm, like there 's this rampaging of beating against the door of our heart with things like fear and hatred and despair. I mean it 's just rampaging at the doors of our hearts. And if we let that stuff in and we settle down with it and we begin to build a foundation around, do you see where this takes us? It affects who you become. That's why Jesus said, hey, watch over your heart. Be very careful. Be diligent. Be vigilant about what you allow in because it determines the course of your life. The condition and direction of your life is shaped by what you allow into your heart. I think it's a really big deal these days. And so the burning question is then, okay, 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 okay. How? How do we do this? Great question. Thankfully, Jesus answers it for us a little few verses earlier in John 14. Look what he says. John 14, 1, I put it in your notes. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Same sentence he spoke in verse 27. Same word, tarasso. But what does he say to do? Second sentence, trust in God, trust also in me. So you work the muscles of the second sentence to have the reality of the first sentence. Do you see that? You work the muscle of trust in God versus just letting your hearts be troubled and kind of caving to fear and allowing it in and just letting it drive your life and decision make. Do you see this? So the muscle we work is we work at trusting God when fear's slamming at the door of our heart. And so I put in your notes just a little three-step thing that I've been in 2020 trying to exercise in my own life, like practically, Eric, how does this work its way out? Well, here's what I've been doing. It's like I've been trying to acknowledge fear when, I'm, when I see it slamming at, knocking at the door of the heart, when it's trying to wedge its way in. Acknowledge it. Pay attention to your physical body. Like your body will tell you when you're experiencing fear. Like I guarantee you, like I couldn't drive for like 20 minutes after the skydiving like i literally my body was just compl- i mean every circuit board in my body was saying what in the world did you just do don't do that again like i couldn't drive i was just shaking adrenaline right so your heart is racing at times you might have a knot in your stomach your your mind just keeps you can't sleep you're restless like that's when the good like pay attention to your body acknowledge it cuz part of being human you're going to experience fear but then don't just acknowledge it then Right, Ask, invite Jesus into it. Here's the step where I just say, I've been praying lately. I said, Jesus, would you just catch my heart? Because I feel like my heart is free falling here. Would you just catch it? I'm not sure what it's falling to, but I want to want it to fall into your hands. Would you catch my heart? I invite you into this. I'm experiencing this fear, and then as I acknowledge it, invite Jesus into it. Then I try to as quickly as possible get my mind around some scriptures, and I put some in your notes that have been helpful. Whether it's Psalm twenty-seven, one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord's the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It's been really helpful for me. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Or very other scripture, Philippians 4 that we talked about last week. And then I try to leverage some good worship music. I put some songs on there, songs that we sing here as a team, other songs that have just been helpful to kind of do battle with fear at the door. And then conversation with trusted friends, like pick up the phone and Talk to someone, reach out and say, Hey, I need to chat about something. And just those are the ways. So I'm kind of acknowledging it, inviting Jesus into it, and then turning, kind of turning my attention to truth. So practically, it was like I it was about three weeks ago, I was having lunch with a friend and and we had a great lunch. We are at the Friendly, you know, having those really great tenderloins at the Friendly, like the breaded tenderloins. I mean, they're solid. And we just devoured these breaded tenderloins at the Friendly Tavern, had a great soul talk conversation. And it was, it was, a, it was a great lunch. I hadn't seen him for a while. And, and then 48 hours later, I get a text from my phone. He said, hey, sorry to have to say this to you, but I tested positive for COVID. And it appears that you know, at our lunch, pretty good chance I was full-on COVID positive, And so, I'm like, oh, boy. So, my mind right there, okay? So, inside of me, I began to… like, my heart began to race. Like, okay. I started thinking about… my mind starts… speculation. Like, okay, what if I'm positive here? And it was like… I think it was on a Friday. And then I thought, okay, I got church, and there was a… Few, I had a funeral scheduled, and we were about to move Lily back to… College. I mean, my mind… Been there? I mean, just my mind just started racing down all this like running away. It was like a runaway freight train. Just boom. And my heart rate picked up. And I just started going down. And I, I remember that night when I tried to go to sleep that night, I kind of woke up in the night. And I thought, oh, so immediately, obviously I got COVID tested. I'm getting like COVID tests like every other day. But after that, I was getting like COVID tested, I was, like scheduled a COVID test. And I got up in the middle of the night and kept saying, are the results in? Are the results in? And I mean, I just, I was battling, and I was battling, it. and somewhere in the middle of the night, that first night, I felt like I just called, I said, Jesus, would you just catch my heart? Because my mind is just going all over the place, and I'm just feeling it rise inside of me, and just would you catch my heart in this? And whether it's Psalm 27 or Psalm 23, I remember just praying, just kind of holding on to that, and, And and thankfully, I got my test results back, and it was negative, and I was so grateful. But just like me, I'm like, I got to get another one. I got to make sure I'm I'm really negative. So next day, I got another one. And then I had to do three days. I went three days in a row. So I was just like triple negative. Anybody else been there? I just had to really, really know, right? That's how I'm going to battle this at the door of my heart. And that jumped all over me in the span of maybe three seconds. Like I went from just normal every day, kind of going about my day to boom, just being free fall 13,000 feet in this spiral of fear and speculation and uncertainty and what ifs and what abouts. I wonder if anybody else is there. I wonder if I'm not alone in that. Maybe it's not a COVID test for you. Maybe it's a meeting with a boss and they handed you the pink slip that said, there's your end date and you didn't think your job was being eliminated. Maybe it's that. It's unemployment running out. Maybe it's the bills balancing at the end of the month and you go, I just don't see how the top line and bottom line make it out. Maybe it's something with the kids. Maybe it's school kids. Maybe it's you at school and just covered up with all the what this school year are going to look like and how in the world are you going to try to learn anything in the midst of that. I don't, what, what is it in all that? Or some of you are just into your sports kids and like, what's it going to look? All that all this stuff. Like, What's your battleground? We're all going to have some place of battling fear. And holistically, we could say, is the last six months of our life, like, is this going to be, like, what the next six months of our life is? Do you, Anybody ever been thinking about that? It's like, if the last six months is a picture of what the next six months, like, oh, my good! Like, that thing right there, do you, does anybody else feel it's, like, rampaging at the door of your heart? Yes. I think it was literally unleashed on the earth somewhere in March. Like, literally, I can just see, like, Hundreds and millions of people forming an agreement with fear. I just feel like in the spiritual realm, something significant is unleashed in that, and we've got to decide. Like, it's the atmosphere we're breathing. We don't have to work. We just get up and breathe this air. This is the world in which we're living, that this unleashing of fear and unleashing of hate and unleashing of despair, banging at the doors of our hearts. And so today, church, wherever your battle line is with this, I'm asking you, I'm asking myself, I'm asking us, will we take seriously this command? Watch over the door of your heart. Above all else, because it determines the course of your life. Like this week, will you join me in work in the muscle of trusting God? Whatever news, whatever news comes our way this week, individually or collectively, we just say, I'm going to work the trust in the Lord versus speculation and fear and uncertainty and going down that spiral. And when I feel like I'm going down that spiral, I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to invite Jesus into it, and I'm going to try to turn my heart. I'm going to be diligent about. It. I'm not going to let it pass the door. I'm going to fight it at the door right there. And I'm going to trust that by his grace, we will become the kind of people whom he would say you can actually carve out the kind of life where he says don't let your heart be troubled, and don't be afraid. Anybody else want that? I want that. I want to live that way. And Jesus says it's possible with His help. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for just giving us a picture of life in the kingdom of God, that there is a kind of way, there is a kind of being, there is a life that is possible, even in 2020, Lord. Where we don't have to live afraid. We don't have to live bound and captive to fear. And I pray for any who are listening today in this room or listening online, maybe there's some who just really feel like fear's gotten its claws deep into your heart. Maybe you're just living in a constant state of anxiety. And in Jesus' name, would you just declare right now that you're done forming an agreement? The agreement goes something like this Well, I'm just a fearful person. In Jesus' name, that's a lie and that needs to be broken. I'm just an anxious person. In Jesus' name, would you break that agreement? And insert into that space a deeper trust in the Lord and confidence in you and belief that another way of living is possible. We don't have to live bound and driven and and kind of just covered up with fear, locked behind the doors of fear. We don't have to. And so would you help us, even this week, we experience maybe the emotion of fear. Would you help us to fight it at the door with your help? Give us strength to watch over our hearts with all diligence. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.